Good afternoon. It is Thursday, February 4th, 2021. This is Dr. Paul Wendy with Intrinsic Value Wealth Report Radio. Uh, welcome to our podcast, Thursday podcast. So as you know, we uh, those of you who are um, frequent listeners of our podcast, we always start out with the, um, or usually we start out anyway, with the um, lead article from our uh, Tuesday uh, newsletter. So this one's uh, kind of interesting one, I think. Um, I was interviewed uh, recently for the, uh, the school newspaper at California Baptist University, the school news- newspaper, very excellent little piece newspaper called The Banner. And uh, I was interviewed, the question I was asked um, by the, uh, the uh, young reporter um, was, um, where does the stimulus money come from? So all the stimulus money we get, where does that come from? Well, that's a darn good question. And so um, I had some comments in the paper, but I wanted to also, I thought, I thought that was such a good question uh, that I wanted to also address it here in the Intrinsic Value Wealth Report and also in our podcast. So um, first I noted that the federal debt has swollen to over $27 trillion um, uh, as, the end of, as of the end of the last fiscal year, um, 2020. And um, the federal deficit has, is currently, again, at the end of fiscal 2020, has grown to $3.1 trillion. Those are vast amounts, uh, much higher than they've, they've um, ever been or at least been in a long time. And so, um, so we do need to think about where all this money is coming from. By the way, the title of my article in the commentary, uh, Tuesday's commentary was out of thin air, where the stimulus money comes from. And it does, it, it is in a sense really out of thin air. Anyway, well, here's the, um, here's the technical answer from an economist standpoint. Um, there's really three general sources for federal spending. There's tax revenues, there was borrowing and there's printing of money. So the first tax revenue is fairly obvious. We all pay taxes um, and uh, those taxes can be quite high uh, for many of us. So, um, uh, you know, we often say that the government debt is backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. And really what that means is that because the US government can tax its citizenry, um, the, the dollar and the debt uh, that we have is, um, is backed by that, that taxing authority. But there's gotta be a limit on that. And um, I suspect that we've, we've probably reached that limit um, already. So the second source of, besides taxing, the second source of spending is um, uh, the, the federal debt. Um, and so the, um, as mentioned, the, the federal debts has expanded over $27 trillion. Um, in the, uh, the commentary for this week, I have a couple of charts which show both the federal debt um, and the, uh, the federal deficit. And you'll see just this exponential growth in, um, in both um, in these uh, recent times, of the pandemic. Actually, the debt's been growing since the 1980s at a pretty, um, pretty heavy clip, but uh, of course that expanded with the pandemic. This third source of, 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 spend, of money for the spending that we're doing um, is, is actually what we call the printing of money. Now, we're not talking about printing the dollar bills um, and the coins that we carry around in our pocket. Um, when the government prints money, and, and certainly the government does do that, it's actually the treasury that does that, what we mean by that printing of money is that the Federal Reserve has the ability with the push of a button to buy treasury securities um, in the open market and, um, 
And then, when, so when they buy securities, that they pay for that with electronic deposits to the banks that are transferring those securities to them. And that puts money into the banking system. And the idea is that that money that's, when it's put into the banking system, is supposed to get lent out and uh, circulated throughout the economy that way. So that's what we actually mean by the printing of money. Um, the, the Federal Reserve has a you know, fairly unlimited ability to do that. Um, and, uh, and the Federal Reserve has made it very, very clear that they, they intend to do that, um, keeping that, that flow of money to the economy um, in a, a pretty big way to just really help the economy get back on its feet. Um, again, there's a limit to how much that can be done. Uh, we probably already reached the limit in terms of what should be done with that uh, easy money policy, we call it, but, um, but that's what they do. Now, a newer phenomena, which has happened just with the pandemic, is that the Fed, Federal Reserve's actually started lending directly to businesses, whereas they would do it through the banking system before uh, they took the unusual step of lending directly to um, businesses. So the question I note in the article is, can this cycle of debt and the printing of money go on forever? Most economists, uh, but not all, uh, don't believe it can go on forever. And uh, most economists, but not all, believe that the debt eventually has to be paid back. Uh, that could be a problem. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell uh, told reporters recently that the U.S. is, and I quote, the U.S. has not been on a sustainable fiscal path for some time. Uh, noting that the nation's debt is growing faster than the economy. Again, the nation's debt is growing faster than the economy. That's not a good situation. Um, furthermore, many economists, though not all, believe that too much money chasing too few goods, which is what happens when you print too much money without increasing the production of goods and services, will only lead to inflation. And as the renowned economist Milton Friedman said, inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomena in the sense that it is and can be produced only by a more rapid increase in the quantity of money uh, than an output. And that was, uh, Friedman said that back in 1970. I have references for these sources um, in the article. Federal Reserve critic and former Republican presidential candidate Ron Paul told USA Today, uh, quote, what we're working with now is fake money, a fake measuring rod. It is unbelievable, end quote. So, um, one final note here <coughs> that I put in the uh, article is that you know this this debt um, and the inflation are are really um, taxes and if you will on future generations. So if our generation, our current generation, doesn't pay back the uh, the debt, um, you know the current uh, then then the future generation that will become a burden for them. And you know, same with inflation. If inflation should escalate uh, with all of this. Um, money that's being flooded into the economy, then uh, that will be a tax on future generations as well. Neither situation is good. And um, I noted finally in wrapping up this article uh, that I'm writing an article uh, on this new concept I have, newer concept I have of, um, or modified revised concept I have, I guess, of, of the way the economy works and so forth. The value creation theory of the economy, which I have coined the term intrinsonomics uh, to describe that. Um, <clears throat> so that paper's in the works. Um, it'll be out uh, you know, in the coming months. But in there, really, we, we make the case that it's businesses that we need to be supporting and making them grow um, to really get us out of this whole mess that we're in, the, uh, the excessive spending we're doing, the, um, you know, the unemployment, the fact that the economy is, is slowed and 
um, and so forth. All those things we know about that's been the result of the pandemic. So, um, you know, while maybe uh, some some of the stimulus money that they're giving um, has been necessary, that's still debatable. Uh, certainly, it's probably been done too much. Um, and at the end of the day, again, it's businesses that we need to get them back on track um, in a big way in producing. Uh, because as Milton Friedman said, if you have all this money out there chasing too few goods and you don't increase production um, in the productive uh, cap uh, capacity of the economy, you're just going to get inflation. You're not, that what you need to have is increased production and it's businesses that, um, that will make that happen. So that's the lead article. You can read the whole article in the February 2nd edition of the um, Intrinsic Value Wealth, Re Wealth Report. We talked about the economy and, and we're all pretty aware it's the economy is starting to is trying to struggle back. Um, that's still a challenge. There's still many challenges ahead. Um, and you can read some of the forecasts for from various economists in our uh, intrinsic value wealth report commentary, uh, the commentaries that we've been doing, including the, um, the one last Tuesday. Um, the markets, given this whole background, they remain very, very overvalued. Um, and uh, that, you know, we've been saying that now for months, probably over a year now. That hasn't, that prognosis hasn't changed. Uh, the markets are overvalued. Again, you can see the, uh, the charts that we have um, in the, uh, the commentary. So how should you invest? Well, as we've been saying for quite some time, um, you know, don't, don't stay out of the market. If you're in it, just keep investing. You've got some good, good holdings, hang on to them. Um, I would not jump into the market, certainly at, at this time. The markets are so overvalued, but, but do keep a steady investment program if you have one. If you don't, do start one, especially younger folks, because even as overvalued as the markets are now, if you go out you know, 20, 30 years from now, um, this will probably even look like a, um, uh, a good time to have gotten in the market. But do expect some volatility because um, uh, with the markets as overvalued as they are, that's quite likely to happen. Now, just on the last commentary and in the last um, podcast that we did, I did come out and officially say uh, that if you are so inclined, if you're willing to take a very, very, very bold risk uh, with the markets as overvalued as they are and the quite um, high likelihood that we're in a bubble, um, then uh, you can maybe take a bolder action and actually consider the fact that we are in a bubble and maybe um, use this opportunity to, um, to get out of the markets or reduce your positions. Now, that's only for the most aggressive people, which is going to be very, very, very few. Uh, as I mentioned, for most people, just continue investing as you've been doing. Don't jump back in, certainly. Um, but, you know, do keep a regular investment program. If you really want to go out and make a very, very bold move, um, all the indicators are that this is a, uh, a bubble like none other. And again, I refer to the article, which I've posted in several places by um, Jeremy Grantham, uh, and that's been on the internet quite a bit too, so it's easy enough to find. Um, Waiting for the Last Dance is the uh, title of his article. So, you know, sometimes he's very early on his prognosis for, uh, for bubbles, but he's always been right um, in calling them, and he's calling this bubble as being. Um, one that we, uh, we may never have seen before uh, in terms of its, uh, its size and scope. All right, well, folks, that's it for this afternoon. Um, be safe, be healthy, wealthy, and wise. I've been telling that to my, all my classes now, so maybe this is kind of a new byline that I have. 
be uh, safe, kind of meaning just be safe in general, but particularly with the pandemic and uh, be healthy, wealthy, and wise. So that's it for the, for today, um, Thursday, February 4th. We'll talk to you next week. Bye for now.